Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience revelatory teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Welcome to another Thursday, Paula Price Show Day, scripturally organic, culturally unmodified, always in shock. (laughs) (laughs) And always in Christ. And always in Christ. (laughs) And I think the shock is realizing how much out of Christ we have been. (laughs) Well, you know, I'll tell you the truth. Until you look closely at it, it looks like it's the same because change, takeover, and things like that, very subtle. Yeah. The more skillful the takeover, the more subtle the approach. Uh, which is why so many Christians are fighting about it, <laughs> because it's not obvious. Uh-uh. In, in their minds, well, we still have church. Right. We still sing songs. We've got praise. We've got our praises going up. And our blessings coming down. Well, as long as our blessings are coming down. <laughs> hey, we're fine. You know, we're fine. And so, you know, uh, it's so interesting how God, you know, and I mentioned this last week, how God talked about, you know, the days of Noah. People just kept doing business as usual, and they just had this odd guy over there building something called an ark for something called rain that had never happened. And uh, as a matter of fact, God didn't even call it. Right? He said, I'm just going to open the heavens, and water is going to come down from the heavens. Well, that has never happened before. So it's better to think that this guy is crazy instead of being forewarned. And so, you know, when it was all done, can you imagine, however populated the earth was back then, Ashley, can you imagine, just barely imagine, how only his family believed? That, I mean, the people had become so fused with demons, so saturated with the demonic culture. They were born in it. They were bred in it. You know, culture means the nurturing, the growing, and the development of a people into a community, a community into a populace. And so they were so into it. It, it couldn't dawn on them. This guy may be to something. And, you know, a lot of Christians are like that today. Yeah. They're so in, in love and so obsessed with the present, with what, what has been redefined as the norm, that they absolutely cannot believe that there are some of us who are on to something. And, and Jesus said they partied and every, had a blast until Noah got in. I bet, because we never really tell the ark story the way the ark story went. Did we tell any story to Yeah, we sure can't trust Hollywood to do it because, you know, they're getting, they getting mad from the dark book of death. And so but I would imagine that when the sky first opened and water came down, can you imagine? This is new. Oh, yeah. Wow, this first is all, funny. They were partying and tripping and high anyway. They wouldn't have known until it was <laughs> Oh, yes. I mean, you know, and you realize that there was no shutting of the gate between the two worlds. And so they were like, huh, well, this is different. This is new. Yeah, I kind of like this. And it kind of got up to their ankles. And they were like, wow, ooh, you can walk in it. And then they learned that they, they got, it got up to the, you can swim anywhere. We don't have to go down to that old beach, go down to the old shores. We could just float. And when it got around their necks, 
and everywhere they looked, there was no land. I'm thinking that's when it got a little crazy. I think they got jittery, you know. Um, surely they would they were cussing to death, but certainly I'm sure not death by drowning, certainly not a lot. And so they can't find land. They can't get, stop this swim. They can't stop this beach party that's become a swim party. And finally, they're like, wait, who turned this on? And how do we turn it off? And then let's go find that guy with the ark. I know what we'll do. We're going to find that guy with the ark. And there they are, storms raging. Rain is loud. We know that, a loud storm. You know, uh, yeah, and he's in this soundproof, waterproof ark. But I know that he had to have heard the panic and the terror of the people who could not get in. And it's at that point, you know, when Peter calls it, Peter recalls it, he said, but, you know, eight souls were saved. Eight. So the, under the Noahic covenant, eight people believed it was going to rain. Eight people believed that heavens would open. Eight people believed that the Most High did what he never did before, but believed that he had the power to wipe out a planet. Eight, can you imagine? Eight souls. I said, huh, that's pretty good. And so as we go forward today, God is still about to do things he's never done before. The heavens are reopening, and I don't mean just the, 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 the little openings and the little, you know, wormholes that the devils fly through. I'm talking about the heavens are opening, and, and, and God is establishing his throne in this earth realm above that opening. And when he does, our history books will mean nothing because he will do, like he did back then, what he's never done before. What was galactically, scientifically, cosmologically, ecologically impossible, but he did it anyway. And I love that. And so I'm having fun about the heavens being open. So, Ashley, on that note, did you want to talk to us about opening? Yes. <laughs> well, there are many things opening up before we get to the <laughs> okay. subject. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. We'll go with whatever way you want to do it. Because I was told by administration. Administration gave you instructions? Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Ashley, do you have an administration? Somebody's always telling us. <laughs> okay. Because we're free. Right. Right. Instead of free, then everybody's telling us what to do. All right. Next Friday, March 24th. You will be at A Voice Crying in the Wilderness Ministries in Princeton, Louisiana, Ooh. under Apostle Barbara Davis. Yes. So if you are in the Louisiana area, uh, you need to make it your business to be there or the surrounding areas. I'm not familiar with that area, but we'll just say surrounding areas. If you could drive, drive. We have people driving several hours to get there. So Absolutely. Kingdom Connection Multiplied is the theme of that event. And right. so you are who who connects kingdoms better than you? Me, 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 me. Nobody better than you. Uh, uh, and so again, that's a voice crying in the wilderness ministry. You can go to our website or your Facebook to get more information. Right, the banner on your Facebook has the address to the ministry. Yes. If you know how to get there, we all listen. Hold on, listen. I want you to show up there. Let me tell you why. Apostle Barbara Davis is one of the most uh, 
I want to say determined, resolute women I've met in a long time. She is also, she has several churches under her, and she is also one of our, what is she, Ashley? She's one of our year commission inductee training. She's in my apostleship commissioning program. Now, a lot of you all want to know what that's like, and, and a lot of you like to know what, what it's entail. Well, if for no other reason, you should come out there and meet me in Princeton, Louisiana, next Friday to talk with this woman and to see how we do it. And we're, because you know, I have a class. Now, my, my class is small, you know, because great classes or classes that produce great people are never large. That's why your master's class is so small. And so, but I want you to come because I want you to hear that, but I want you to hear something else. I know I tell you a lot of stuff, quite a bit on Periscope and Facebook, but understand that's just my surface. We haven't gotten past my outer shell. God has so much to talk about, about the Lord Jesus Christ, about his kingdom, pre-incarnate, incarnate, everlasting, about, about being a citizen of the kingdom and how to live the kingdom on earth in the kingdoms of this world. There is so much for us to talk about, and we will talk. We will listen. We're going to connect because I want you to do that. So right now, when you're done, I give you I give you a couple of assignments. When you're done, go online and see what airline tickets are. And if they so a lot of them have package deals. And if it's not, then go and decide to rent a car. Find out where the uh, hotels are in the area because I need to see you. We're family, and the reason that I can talk to you so comfortably and warmly now is because we're family and because you have been with me this whole year and you have been with me, some of you, four years through blog talk, and you have watched me, you have covered me, you prayed for me, but now I'm hitting the road, and I need you to be there for me. You fought for me so hard, I need you to be there. I need you to make us look good, and I need to meet you as my audience out there because how else will I do it? So, again, give them that location, name of the church. A voice crying in the wilderness ministries in Princeton, Louisiana. Yes. That's good. So go to my website, com. hit the button, and be there, and let's talk and commune while I'm in Louisiana. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Women of Dominion Restoring Your Womanhood, April 14th and 15th, right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah.
power and authority and wisdom, like Lady Justice, mm-hmm. uh, Lady Liberty, and Lady, Justice. and Lady Justice, all of these representations of pillars and strongholds in every culture under the sun, just about in womanhood. Yes. And you did well. And so the first thing I would like to encourage you to do is go to my website and get a, a your car, is it on the website, Ashley? Yes, if they hit the uh, the webinar, like on this, on this site, Prophet Adia has uh, tabs along the top and tabs along the side. And on the side, there's one that talks about the webinar, going to the most recent, and that will take them to the web, webinar the site. Mm-hmm. And it's right there on top in your training webinar site. When you go to the webinar site, you can go, so you can get a taste of whether or not, well, I know it is, you can get a taste of how much it's worth your time and your effort here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And this year, where I'm going to talk, tap, really break the seal on the Eve curse. When I next month, you you don't want to miss this. You're going to find out why God cursed Eve. And I don't mean what you heard from tradition, and I don't mean what you heard from you know <clears throat> the your Bible, all of that. That's fine. But I'm going to tell you why God cursed Eve and what it meant. And all, and it's going to tie into the first segment. So do not miss this. Stay home. You want power as a woman. You want confidence. You want determination and resolve as a woman. But listen, you no one can change without a change agent. Some of you all want to change your life. You want to change the way you talk. You write me all the time, Dr. Price. You're so strong. You're so different. You're so bold and confident. That was work. That wasn't magic. It was work, and I had to discover strength bit by bit, drop by drop, virtue by virtue. And I had to shed the vices one by one and know the difference. Some of you all is powerful. These women, if you all are listening to me right now and you were here in December, post about it. Tell them that I am not exaggerating. Tell them what you got out of it and how it, how it blessed you. I have... Several of you all, you were here. We talked about it. I mean, we broke the seal on things that I was done. There were sometimes, actually, I wanted to sit down and say, wait a minute, I'm going to sit. Hold on. I know. Exactly. If you're a teenager and you have, if you're trying to find your identity, tell your mom or your grandmother or aunt to bring you. If you are a, a woman, you're just stepping into college, this is ideal for women just going to college. Ideal. You can't do it. You can't get better preparation. You know, it's so funny. We send our children to college with the right television and blankets and clothes and food, but we don't send them with the right power. And that's what's necessary. And in today's world, women need to be with women of power, not just women who are, you know, who are bold. So we talked about the difference between being bold and brash and brazen. And so today, brazen is considered bold, and it's not. Brazen is just childish. You know, a kid takes off his clothes. Children take off their clothes everywhere. Children want to walk around naked all the time. Kids are always coming out the bathroom without the, with the behind showing. So how is, that, how is that bold? That's just childish. And a lot of times, we don't even know what childishness is. So you walk around with your, with your boobs swinging, swinging in the wind, talking about that liberty. No, that's a mockery of the people that don't have our blessings. We're going to talk about that. Because it is a, a lot of fashion today and a lot of brazenness today is mockery of indigenous people who can't do any better. 
and it's wealthy people mocking the impoverished, the poor, and the underprivileged. And we're making it a fashion so that we can make money off of what they can't have raise the money to overcome. Because if they had a chance, would they? Would they really? You know, you were talking about one of our friends who just came back from Africa on an assignment. He's talking, what was he talking about? The horrors and atrocities done to women? Yes, in the street. In the street. Women could just be raped in the streets and nobody can intervene in those countries. But, no, we're happy that we can go to a club and just and be raped by permission. Gang raped. See, you need to understand the mockery that you are pursuing. This is a powerful thing here, and pursuing how to tap into that power that you've had since before the foundation of the world. I think everything, out of everything that came out of that, Ashley, Mm -hmm. I think what came out of it was women found themselves in Christ and in eternity. Because you realize so many religions say that when we get in eternity, we aren't going to have a better lot in life. And the name of the conference is Women of Restoration. Women of Restoration. When they go to your training site, Mm -hmm. it's there at the top. I think it's one of the top three. Mm -hmm. Women of Restoration. You want to get that webinar, but then you want to drag your kids, gather them up, all of your daughters. And can I tell you something? It's okay to bring sons. A lot of men may not agree with that, but they don't know what to do. Now, we will put them in a, you know, still over room because we got beat this last time. We got Uzi. Yeah, for privacy's sake. Well, I mean, if they come, well, then they just need to probably get the audience. I was going to say, they need to get the the webinar. And so, but I want to tell you, a lot of pastors don't know how to minister to women. You don't believe in half of this chauvinistic nonsense and this chauvinistic rhetoric, but you don't have answers to it. You need to get this. If you're a pastor, you need to get this. And send your first ladies, send your women's groups. Because they can help you. You know, I, I just think it's really uh, sad how few male leaders can actually nurture us as women. And yet they say that they don't trust us to nurture men because we can't. And yet more women are left with men than men are left with women. More mothers are left with sons than sons are left with, than husbands are left with daughters. Think about that. So you want to, hey, check in. Again, that's April. 14 to 15. Aha, uh-huh. you're reading intently over there. What are you looking at? Oh, just uh, monitoring. <laughs> yeah, because we, we need to be monitoring time. Always on Thursday. Yes, 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 yes. Now, next, come on. Okay, speaking of webinars. Webinars. Dr. Price is breaking out some new things for us, Saint. Yep. New, new, new uh, in the area of prayer, opening your prayer portal. Is a webinar that is actually going live today. By the end of today's show, you will be able to go online and get it. I was privileged enough to edit <laughs> the first installment. We'll call it installment. Yes. The first installment of opening your prayer portal. First question I want to ask you, Dr. Price, is why prayer portal? Because we have there's a lot of prayer you did in a session. So mm-hmm. I always highly suggest that anybody who goes to um, to the site, you can also purchase the webinar on prayer intercession. There's a bundle mm-hmm. where there's a couple sessions that you did, or they can buy them individually. But what inspired you to teach on portals of prayer? <laughs> well, I um, I've always taught on the subject of spiritual protocolics. You've heard that, yes. where uh, I talk about all of the agents and agencies that God uses to answer our prayer to 
uh, administrate his providences in the earth. I had a, um, a visitation from God about two and a half weeks ago. And in the vision, God showed me that he was opening the heavens. We were just talking about that before the show. And he said, and I'm opening individual prayer portals. That is places where people will, will be able to transcend the normal prayer obstacles and barriers that we've been facing and, and, and stand in a place where they know that they have access to God. And I say that because when we get to the end of the class, this is just the introduction that you did to this week, but when we get to the end of the class, you're going to figure out how you, to know when you're in a portal. I started praying, Ashley, uh, differently mm, even before I, I got to Tulsa. So we're talking about 18 years. And I, I, I realized that there were times when I prayed, I moved into a place. And when I went into that place, everything was open to me. There were no hindrances and barriers. But in the beginning, it was on again, off again. So it was as the spirit will. Because everything God does begins with as the spirit will. And so um, it was as the spirit will. And then eventually I realized, wait a minute, I've got, I've got a place that I go. And God told me it exists. So I, last week he said, go and teach them about their prayer portal because there are places that, that transcend your closet prayer, that transcend your corporate prayer, that transcends your panic prayer. We talk about all of that in the introduction, those panic prayers, those, you know, anger, ang- anger prayers, retaliation prayers and all of that. And all, those things can block you to your portal. Think about it as God is speaking to me right now, Ashley. Think about it as when Abraham was about to slay Isaac and all of a sudden his eyes were open. You know, think about Jacob's ladder. We like to sing all the time, but that was a prayer portal. And there are places that you can pray that in, in, in one place and can't get a breakthrough, pray someplace else and it's wide open, it's an open heaven. That is why you, when you are in those places where you can't get a prayer breakthrough is when you need to know you have your own prayer portal. And you need to know how God has groomed you and shaped you and and, and empowered you to see it and access it. You talk in the webinar about the secret place. And, you know, we always talk about going into our secret place. And you address uh, oftentimes a place in your home Mm -hmm. where you go. But in the spirit realm, you said there is a secret place and a seeker. Place. You like it, uh, huh? I did like that. What uh, could you expound on what they're going to learn about the difference between? And you just really introduced mm-hmm. the idea, the secret place and the seeker place. Well, the secret place is I'm seeking to be in His presence. You know, the church is big on telling you about God's presence. presence. Okay. We need to get into His presence. Well, God's present everywhere. Let's first lay that lay that out. But in addition to that, the seeker place is I'm seeking God to pretty much discover him, get stronger in him, grow up in him, get something from him. The secret place is a place of stature, status, and authority where you have influence with God and not just interest. See, a lot of people are seeking God because they're interested in him or they're interested in what he has. But there are people in this planet that have amazing influence with God. 
he, he and he writes it. He said, "What did he say about um, uh, Jacob when he changed his name to Israel?" He said, "For you have you, because you wrestled all night long with this angel, and you won." He said, "You now have power with God." Mm. Oh, but see, that is such a revelation on warfare. I it, mean, and how tough times. Wait a minute, time out. Come on, oh, take, your time. take your time, puppet. With an angel. Mm-hmm. And we never talk about that. Hey, yes. This is all fucking about that. I know it. But now think about it. So he's wrestling with an angel. What angel is he wrestling with? Right. Because, and why does he have to wrestle? Right. Because Jacob was never a hunter, he was never a fighter, he was never a warrior. He was never a stalker. He was never a predator. He was a home boy, house boy. He was home with mom all the time. His brother Esau was with dad, and they were, he was out there fighting for his life, facing savagery, facing wild animals and wild beasts and all of those kind of things, facing the elements to bring home supper. Jacob cooked what Esau caught. <laughs> So Jacob is called supplanter because he cooked what he, think about it. There are people who cooked what I caught. Right. They didn't fight. Right. They didn't war. They didn't labor. They didn't wrestle. They didn't struggle. But when I brought it home, they cooked what I caught. It's kind of like the, uh, I was just watching one of those Nat Geo things with the, the leopard or the cheetah. One, I think it was the cheetah. The cheetah, out, she's out there getting dinner for the kids. As soon as she gets in the kids, she is worn out. She's just laying down trying to rest. And next thing she knows, a pack of hyenas come. And they eat her kill and two of her kids. See, so Jacob, Jacob didn't know how to deal with, with difficulty because his mother and he stayed in the house. He had a, he's like a lot of Christians. Jacob had a prophecy, actually. <laughs> come on, come and Jacob's on. mama had a prophecy that the younger, that the older was served the younger. So Jacob has this prophecy. Jacob's mama got a prophecy. And that's all they're doing is waiting for the prophecy to happen. They're just waiting for the word to come to pass. And so the father is preparing Esau to be the, the successor in the family, the, the next patriarch. Meanwhile, the mama is preparing the mama is preparing Jacob to be the prophecy fulfilled. So we've got two parents with two different visions for the two children that they have. Jacob is called a supplanter. So Esau knows that if anybody's going to steal, if anybody's going to cheat, if anybody's going to try to get it for nothing, it's going to be Jacob. But Jacob's spirit will always try to get something for nothing, the most for the least, the hardest for the easiest. That's a Jacob nature. That's the nature of Jacob, which is why God had to change his name. So Jacob pulled his last, I mean, his last, I mean, Jacob pulled his last coup, his last cheat, his last deceit, his last theft on his brother. And it was one that would have cost him his life had God not been in the midst. But it was also the one that brought him into purpose. 
Sometimes your crimes can bring you into destiny. Sometimes your error, your failures, your, your, your foolishness can bring you right into purpose, but it doesn't leave you there. So Jacob goes, and he, he deceives his brother. We know the story. Jacob deceives his brother one last time, and, and he, he enforces what Esau played with all his life. Esau was the cocky oldest son, the cocky favorite son. And so he was like, no way could I lose this. And so he did. Jacob did it. And you know why? Because Jacob's mama also heard what Esau said. But more importantly, Jacob's God heard it. And so God set Esau up to lose his birthright before it was time for him to hand it over. So Jacob wins, and then he's got to leave because his brother's going to kill him. I am going to kill him. And his mother told him, he said, now your brother is Stephen man. And he's, and he's a hunter. This is what she said. She said, he's a hunter. And he's a stalker. And he knows how to kill you in a hundred different ways. So you need to go <clears throat> to my brother. I'm going to send you to Laban. And so on the way, because this is the trip that's going to switch him from Jacob to Israel, he meets the same angel that's been guarding Israel. The same angel that's been taking care of God's people. But this time, the angel's like, I'm going to make a man out of you. Because you're not a man right now. You're a soft boy. But I'm going to make a man out of you. And he, Jacob was trained enough to know that if an angel took time to show up, he brought you something. And he brought you something good. That angel, Jacob knew it brought him something. And they wrestled all night. I'm telling you, they wrestled. That angel's like, if you want it, fight for it. If you want it, go after it. If you want it, push me. If you want it, influence me. If you want it, compel me. If you want it, stress me. This angel wasn't giving him anything as a soft boy that left home. He would say, if you're going to get it, because what's going to raise my kingdom has got to be a man. Because only a man can raise the kingdom of Christ. Only a real deal. Only a woman, not a fake, not a not the, the 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 beauty queen, the pageant girl, the biff and buff at the prom, that won't do it. I'm telling you. So he's there. He said, "Are you kidding?" God's like, "I watched you behind your mother's skirt tail. I watched you dodging heavy work, dodging heavy labor, dodging fights, dodging trials, tricking your brother, and that tricking mine. I'm going to use that, but not now." And so Jacob, in order to get the angel that brought his destiny to earth, who broke that portal barrier and brought his destiny to earth, had to literally defeat this angel. But you know what Jacob knew? Jacob knew if I held on, I'd get it. He knew that angel couldn't stay there all day. So he did what he always did. He just used his mind. You got to let me go. The sun is rising. I'm not letting you go till you bless me. You're not, not I, I'm not, I'm, are you kidding? So, do you see this here? It's the horizon. I'm not, I am not going to let, for the first time, Jacob had to fight, and would it not be an angel he's got to fight with? All that time, up to then, he'd only fought with his brother, and his brother was restrained. But now you have this creature who is a, a thousand times your strength and ability, and he came to bring your blessings, but he won't just drop it off. The angel wasn't going to drop it off. Jacob was going to have to wrench it out of his hand, wrench it out of his grip. Some of you all, you're stuck. You will not wrestle, and you'd rather call the angel a devil than to fight for what your destiny holds. So here, here we go. 
And so the angel's smart. You know, the angel says, okay, I'll give it to you, but you're going to remember. I'm going to give you something to remember me by. And a lot of times you got to go in destiny with a scar, with a limp, with a gimp, with short. What do you do? He shortened his thigh. Shortage. Sometimes you got to go in like that. But that battle was for Jacob earned the right to become Israel. Because God was not reproducing children after Jacob. He was using his body, but he was reproducing children after Christ. And that required in Israel. God with us, you have power with us. And that's how it changed. That fight, some of you all are fighting right now the spirit realm, and you just think it's all devils. No, those angels must vet you before they bless you. Speaking of children, speak it up. <laughs> right now, we are discussing a webinar that is launching today from Dr. Price, already obviously pre recorded. Um, and it is called Opening Your Prayer Portal. It's the orientation broken down into two lectures. It's only $20. And you address at the end of the first portion <laughs> ah, your the favorite difference. Part. Yes. The prophet and I were talking about this in the office yesterday. Couldn't help but talk about it. <laughs> The difference between being childish and childlike, childishness and childlikeness, mm-hmm. exactly what you talk about. Get on that. Well, you know, Jesus tells us to have, be like little children to enter the kingdom, and then to have the faith of a child. Mm-hmm. And so because we as dark in humanity don't really know the difference between childishness and childlikeness, Right. We tend to just, you know, put aside our adulthood or, or put aside our mature ways of doing anything or pursuing anything from someone that we think is stronger with holding it. And we fall into tantrums. We fall into pouting. We fall into anger and resentment. And we begin to battle God. And, and, and it's kind of like that little kid that we see, you know, we see so many parents, I, I, I can't even understand this, but so many parents allowing their children to slap them in the face and punch them and beat them and carry on. Now, you're a little tight. Your fist not even big as my eyeball, and I'm going to let you hit me in it. That's crazy. But we do that to God. And so we became, we fall into tantrums and instead of childlikeness. Childlikeness is, okay, I trust you. You know, when, that, when your child trusts you, they don't fight you. When your child trusts you, they, they, they just hold on to you. I mean, there are children in horrible, abusive situations who just don't know any better, but they are children, and their childlikeness causes them to take care of their parents and to love them and to hold on to them no matter what. But then you get the childish child, the childish kid that's spoiled, and, and, and usually childish children are either just, they're not dysfunctional because of being drug babies or you know, all, all that other stuff. These are children that the parents waited too late to get them used to the idea of two things, no and wait. Mm-hmm. So by the time we get adults, we're upset. You get these kids that the parents say, oh, no, the earth is yours and all the world is yours, and in your own life it is. And if you don't have to face off with those spiritual powers of God, that's fine. But when you do, I mean, the wealthiest parent in the world can't stop one angel from wrestling with their kid all night long or from shrinking their thigh if that's what they want to do. You know, and so the whole section is to tell you that you need to, only the mature will learn and discover the prayer portal aspect, the 
babies, the infants, the tantrums, the retaliatory, you know, there's a section in there where I say if God delays a prayer, people will sulk, walk away, or spend the rest of their days punishing him for not answering their prayer. When you said, and they proved why he should never have answered their prayer in the first place. By their behavior, (laughs) their reaction to his no, which they assume is a no, and sometimes it isn't. We have a whole section on how to know whether it's a no or whether it's a delay. And that's a powerful thing. So I'm excited. What else did you What else did you like? Did you like something else? Well, in part two. Okay. Oh, that was part one. That was part one. Oh, okay. <laughs> in part two, you address two things: pinpointing your prayer portal, and also opening your prayer portal requires finding its spiritual compass. Yes. Yes. Because everything in life is located somewhere, everything. You can't get anywhere without a compass. Now, you can drive lost. You can wander anywhere. You can meander anywhere. You can roam here and there. But you cannot go from point A to point B without a compass because you need to know what point A is and where it is in position to point B. And so when we talk about spiritual compass, you know, again, let's go back to Jacob's ladder. You know, it's really interesting how that was. He said, surely the Lord is in this place. <laughs> Didn't he say that? And why did he say it? Because he had hit the geographic location that God had already prepared for the blessing to flow into the earth. And there are times, like us, me moving here, I, I'm telling you, I, in Jersey, I couldn't get two ounces of a breakthrough. I mean, it was interesting. I couldn't get two ounces. I mean, if I went two steps forward, I was going to go 40 steps backwards. You were raised And I was raised there. My family was there, and my life was there. Part of why I couldn't get a breakthrough is because my family was there, and my family 100% rejected everything I did, you know, wholesale. They, you know, they, they, went, they went off to another church. They wanted to serve another pastor. They wanted to take their funds elsewhere. I mean, all of them went elsewhere. And so everybody I had were new Christians who were just coming out of the, they weren't um, new, to, new to Christianity, but they were new Christians. And sometimes when you're located where your, pa- your family has strong opinions about your obedience to Christ or they have a strong aversion to, you know, you know that prophet without honor thing and that, you know, in your own, own country, own home, among your own kin. I was that person. So between that and their, um, their uh, what do you call it, and their rejection, you know, my daughter is still traumatized by eight years of alienation. So you're talking about that's your family's a cover, or they are, you know, they're also exposure. And so it was, it was difficult. So when God told me to leave, it was, it was with mixed feelings. I didn't want to leave, but I couldn't survive in ministry. And if I had stayed there, I would not be in ministry today. So that compass was not there. My geographic location for blessings were not in my home state. I mean, I don't care where we went. And, you know, so as we went on, you know, I, I remember so many people knew my, cause my family was rather large, and they knew my family because they were on TV. And they were like, so why don't they honor, why don't they bless you? Why don't they? And so that added to the negativity is my point is 
that added to the negativity that also added to the alienation. So much so that most people didn't know I had that many brothers and sisters. They just never, they never knew my mother and father were alive, you know, when they were alive. And I say that to you to say that was God's will. That was not their failure. And it might have been him using that failure because God had told me beforehand, before this, I had just gotten saved in Psalm 25, 27, say, when my father and my mother cast me out, then the Lord will take me up. Well, my family was very close, so I couldn't see that. Oh, my God, I can't be God, but I kept reading it. It kept showing up. And then he would give me, leave your, leave your mother's house and father's house and home of your kin and go to a place I would show you. Well, I couldn't believe that because that didn't work. But ultimately, God proved himself because he shut down everything. And again, he shut it down. I knew it was him, actually, because he showed me the dream that, I, that he was going to shut it down, and he shut everything down. And so the, the meager favor I had turned into zero favor. <laughs> okay, meager. Okay. Now we down to zero. And the reason I say that is because God wanted me here in this land. And he wanted me here to be blessed. And so, and he wanted me here more than, as much to be blessed, but to build. Some of you all, your geography is tied to your destiny. Your compass is not in your homeland. Now, some people, if you leave your homeland, because some people, they have strong families, et cetera, et cetera, and it's wonderful there. Not my story, you know, but it's wonderful there. When I came here, God, the first year or so, he blessed abundantly, and then we had to go through the vetting again. Bless his holy name. You know, I'm going to tell you, God, that, that, that man believes in some trials and tests and a couple of tribulations on top of it all. But so when, when I say the compass, that's one thing. The geography could be your compass. Your, your righteousness could be a compass. Your stature with God, God's opinion of you as a minister, your faithfulness. A lot of you all will never find, not, not you listening, but a lot of Christians. Let me get that correct because that's the statement I want to make. A lot of Christians will never find a prayer portal because they are too busy denying Christ. They deny him in their sermons. They deny him in their songs. The others, you won't find your prayer portal if you will think that Christ is a part of a pantheon because he's not going to share his seat with 11 other deities, okay? And so we can go on and on, but the point is this. There are behaviors, attitudes, conduct. There's more than faith involved in you finding that prayer portal. And that prayer portal is a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. And it's different. It is not because, well, I'm not going to give away the story, but it's very powerful. Ashley, you have another question, I see. Well, you made a statement, too, which ties, I think, to what you're saying here about if your life is going in the wrong direction, you need to find out when you reset your spiritual compass. Exactly. And what did I say? I talked about certain things that reset the compass. I talked about marriage. I talked about relationships. I talked about moving. I talked about family. I talked about friends. You know, I talked about all of those things that reset your spiritual compass because God has a compass for all of us. There is a a, a four point, which is world compass, and then there is the eternal compass of God and where you are in that, the, the coordinates you set for your book of life. It is. Well, that's why I like you teaching the webinars and training. I always call, <laughs> my running behind the scenes joke is, the Paul Price Show is a free clinic. <laughs> Dr. Price opens the clinic, it's free on Thursday, all wisdom pours out, uh, especially you connecting with seeing mm-hmm. patients. 
if you will, seeing the people, taking their calls one-on-one, that's the free clinic. But, you know, there is nothing like going to the actual hospital or going to the institution with all Mm -hmm. of the instruments and all of the equipment and the full staff. And that's how I feel the difference between your webinars and even what you teach over the air. Oh, yes. What you teach over the air is more than what anybody gets in their own home church, more than what we get listening to any preacher out there. I think it's safe to say. I do not think that's an exaggeration. Well, they say it. However, it's not until you enroll in those one in the, the classroom mm-hmm. where you realize how much more information there is to learn. So I encourage everybody, don't be satisfied with what you hear and learn mm-hmm. on these broadcasts because it's more than you've ever heard. Well, they're fragments, number yeah. one. First of all, they're fragments of what I, um, what I give. I hop around. Yeah. You know, there is no, there's not a sequence. There's not a uh, succession of information. There are just, uh, this slide will fit for this, and that slide will work, et cetera. Some of you all know you only see one or two slides unless I race through them, and if I race through them, that still doesn't help you because you really want me to say more. Like, can't she say something else on that subject? Can't she elaborate a little bit? And so the webinars are where I elaborate. You get goals, objectives. You get an opportunity to, to, to you know, go point for point to cover it. We go through scripture. I don't do that. I only, I only have an hour on Periscope, and I'm never taking more than an hour because that's all God told me. So I can only do that. But when you go to the webinar, you get a class. The live ones give you an opportunity to, you know, chat back to us, and we have a couple of live ones coming up. But the ones that I do just record like that for you, and they are with PowerPoint. We didn't tell you that, but they are not just an audio. They are with PowerPoint. So, um, but the ones that I use for that, they're very different. That part is, is um, again, that's a class. It's a real you know, organized, structured training. We're going to go through the goals, and we're going to go through objectives. Why? And I believe in that. I know that a lot of people we call, a lot of things we call a teaching is just the preaching. You know, I, I know that. I also know that a lot of people, you know, they call teaching is just, to me, I call, you know, improv uh, communication because you don't know what to focus on. If I don't lay this out properly for you, you don't know what to focus on. You don't know what you can take away, what you should take away. You don't know what you should get, how to measure it. I am an evaluative and a valuable teacher. I want you to evaluate me. I want you to measure. I want you to walk away saying, I now can do this, 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 and this. I want you to walk away and say, I know this and I know that. I want you to say, oh, now I understand. I do my best to give you connections and to make connections from the the ancient word of God, the eternal word of God, into this 21st century contemporary world, because that's what people, that's what we're supposed to do. The Bible is timeless. The print is time-bound. The scriptures are timeless. The text is time-bound. And it takes the teacher to connect the distance between the eternal word of God and that time-bound print. My job, every teacher, is to make it fit their generation. Oh, anybody hear me today? See, when we te- when I teach teachers, we go with that. You, you know, instead of saying, well, you know, that's how they wrote it. The reason we got off is because they said, that's how they wrote it. That's how they, well, they just, you know, the, the scholar said, the commentator 
of, of, of their teachings and their revelations that fit the age have been disproved, which is what your work is, which is what my work is. So back then, they were, you know, you can go back to the early, whatever, 16th century, 14th century, and they're talking about, you know, the horizon is not there and all of those kind of things. Well, we know different. We know, we today know how we can teach the book of Revelation differently than any of the generations before us. You know, we never thought that I'd be sitting in my studio here in Tulsa transmitting over a phone that fits in my hand, but now we can. We never thought how they were going to see the two prophets actually laying in the street around the world, but now we can. And so each generation has a responsibility to update the text and to connect that text with God's eternal world. Why am I saying that as we, you, we talk about that, Ashley? I'm saying that because the scriptures are not God's destiny. They're our destiny and God's history. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? The scriptures are our destiny and God's history. So what we're, that which is has already been. That's what God is saying. That which is has already been. It may not have been on earth. It may not have been in our times. It may not have been in this generation of the earth. It may not have been in this regeneration of the earth. But that which is has already been. And there is nothing new under the sun. So if that's the case, then it's God's history that has become our destiny. And so our destiny will not happen outside of God's history. That which is has already been. You know that's good. Y'all, you like that out there? Guys, come on. Let yeah. me know what you think. Come on. <laughs> you just that's love that, don't you? Ashley loves this. Good. <laughs> and so part of why people can't wrap their head around the Bible is because they think that God's word began with in the beginning God. No, no. He even says that wasn't his beginning. Okay? So when you want to, when we teach and I give you these goals and objectives, they're measurements for you to evaluate not only where I got it from, and, and, you know, how I got it or how it fits you, but it's also to evaluate your responses, reactions, and implementation. Anybody hear what I just said? That's a powerful thing. See, I'm not afraid of you doing that. I want you to do it. I want you to be good at this. I tell everybody, I am not just a good Christian. I'm good at being a Christian because I didn't set out to be bad at it. I'm good at being a Christian. I am so good at being a Christian that I give God something to use every day. I give God something to benefit every day. I am always giving God something else to work with every day. Good Christian. Oh, somebody. <clears throat> you know what's coming, dude. I did. Ah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. The honey man. I tell you, he's a honey man. Love him. But I am good at being a Christian because I am committed to being a Christian. See, so I'm not just trying to be a Christian. I'm going to be a Christian. I give God something to work with every single day. 
all that you see in Scripture is not about your morality. It's not about your religiosity. It's not about your devoutness. All of those are names that we assigned to giving God some good stuff to work with every day. Paul calls it, give God good works. Because when you do a good deed, God can work good things with your good deed. Oh, do it. Did I do it? Again? <laughs> I just did. <laughs> so I want you to understand, I don't look at the righteousness of God as some, some sort of uh, bondage and rope around my liberty. I look at it as me getting an opportunity to work with heaven in the flesh, and I give God something material to work with to fulfill his spiritual goals. Hallelujah. Isn't that powerful? <laughs> Hallelujah. You got to love that package. But, and I say that to you because I want you to think differently about your conduct. Your good conduct is, is wonderful. Yes, it's a preservative. Yes, it keeps you in good step with God. Yes, it, it, it pleases God to see it. But God is not just pleased to see you walking around as a well-behaved robot. God is looking for good fruits that he can work with. He's looking for you to either embody a spiritual goal or objective he has, has in the moment, or he's looking for you to inseminate the world with the spiritual goal or objective that he's going to fulfill later on. See, this is why Christianity is weak, because you all are thinking about all of this here. Well, you know, I don't want to be a sinner. Yeah, well, you might not, you may not be a sinner. You may be good, morally good. You know, you don't sleep around. You don't do all of those kinds of things. But are you fruitful? Because if your fruit is just self-serving, it's useless to Christ. And so I am not looking for self-serving fruit. I am good to people because I'm honest about God because because I know people who are deceived by God will fall into sin, fall into error, and, and incur his judgment, court his judgment, and incur his wrath. So I don't want that. I want the best of people. Love is not just walking around slapping you all with some warm, fuzzy words and greasing you up with some slick um, conversation that sounds so good you don't expect me to do anything but just voice it. That is not what I'm doing. And I want you to think differently about your service to Christ, your interactions with Jesus Christ, and your purposes. Your purpose is not just about you feeling like you have a reason to be on the planet. If you never find your reason to be on the planet, God has a reason for keeping you here. He is not confused about the reason you're still on the planet. But if you decide to become a co-laborer with him, a partner with him, an ally, an alliance, an advocate, you know, we forgot all of those words. We use them for people, but we don't use them for God. I'm an advocate for Jesus Christ. I am an advocate for Jesus Christ. I'm an advocate for the Son of God who has his inheritance torn apart, thrown apart, stolen, cheated, and diverted all the time. I'm an advocate for him. I'm not just a spokesperson. I advocate Jesus Christ. I'm an ally of Jesus Christ. I am in alliance with Jesus Christ. I'm in league with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, we are something powerful together. I told him last night on my way to sleep, I said, but Jesus, we are something together. I said, oh, we are powerful together. What we do together, I'm, I don't have a problem with saying, done me and Jesus. You know, there was a time, half of these, these stores that are boycotting Jesus now, they started with Christians who called Jesus their partner. I am powerful with God. 
I'm an advocate for Jesus Christ. I am his ally. I am his spokesperson. I'm his earthly attorney. I am his earthly lawyer. I am that for Jesus Christ. Because in my mind, and I don't have a question about it, he owns it, he should rule it. He made it, he should enjoy it. Those are just some simple, I'm a simple lady. I'm just very simple. And so I say to you, when I, whatever I do, I am in league with this man called Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. I am in league with him. I back his play. If he has an initiative, I back it. I don't try to figure out whether or not it should be this or that. I back Jesus Christ first. Yes, I do. And you know why? Because before there was all else, there was Jesus the Christ. There was the will of God. I back a man that's going to get up off the throne and take flesh, put on some mortal flesh. He didn't even put on super flesh. He put on mortal flesh. He put on clay flesh, flesh that animals had, had pooped in and bugs had messed in and ecology, and yet he put it on. He came to earth to die. He put up with stuff that he could have just thought there. God just could have just thought, I'm sick of you and you're dead. He go by us. He let us know that he was living, letting us live while he was in the presence on purpose. He goes to a fig tree. It's not yet the season for fig. Come on. Oh. <clears throat> Come on. It's not yet the fig tree. One folk have a fig. It shouldn't have had a fig because it wasn't time for fig. And yet he goes to that fig tree and he's hungry and he curses it. And you know why? And he curses it in front of him. If he didn't want to make it an object lesson, he could have done it in secret. As a matter of fact, he didn't have to curse it at all. He could have just told her, give me some fig. He could have said, give me some fig. Because he held the code. For you alone have the codes of eternal life. And so he goes there. And he curses this tree. And they say, they come back, look at the tree. Do you realize, he said, that's how powerful my word is. I'm not going to curse you while I'm on this assignment because I need you to have an opportunity to enter and inherit eternal life. He cursed that tree to let us know that death and life were still in his tongue. He cursed that tree to let us know he can take out anything he wanted, but he's on assignment. His words had to be deliberate because he said, I must speak to the world that which my father has given me. He said, I got a lot of personal thoughts, a lot of private thoughts. I'm backing this man. I'm telling you. And if you are a real Christian, he ought not to have to explain himself to you. He ought not to have to give you his opinion. If God gives us an answer, when he gives me answers and he gives me explanations, I'm so blown away. I'm like, ooh, wow. And he's, but he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to tell you why this or that happened. He expects you like a child to trust that he lives for good and he only does good and he's, his goodness about his existence and your eternity. Oh, I don't know about anybody else, but that answers it. God's goodness is not about what Satan likes or doesn't like. He's already doomed. God's goodness is about your eternity, your inheritance, your destiny, your reign, your rule. Oh, Ashley, is that good or what? Hallelujah. Right, did you want to share what they got? What are they talking? Come on, guys, talk to me. What are they saying? Oh, amen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I back this man. I'm going to back every play he has. I'm going to back his word. I don't find it difficult. I, I live to do this. 
and I live to raise up an army, a global army of people who will back Jesus no matter what. You will sit there and follow a boycott and won't back your Savior. You'll sit there and post all kinds of crazy. You'll, you'll protect the devil and you'll curse your God. That is not who I am. I am good at being a Christian, and I am a good Christian on top of that. And I'm not good because I feel like, oh, yeah, you got it going on. I'm good because of my commitment. I'm good because of my determination. I'm good because of my resolve. I'm good because of my experience. I'm good because my bounce back, come back. I'm good because he is right. I'm good because I agree. You will never be a better Christian than you are an agreeable one. And if you don't agree with God, you'll never be a good Christian. And you have to agree with, we're talking about loving God, God loving us unconditionally. He requires you to love him unconditionally too and to agree with him unconditionally because those who agree also stand and fight. Moses said, who was on the Lord's side? Let him come to me. So I'm built, my scripturally organic Christianity is about what I just said. Everything that I just told you, that's who I am. I am good at being a Christian. And if you're willing to, to meet that list and criteria, you can walk around in both. I am good at being a Christian. I back Jesus Christ. I am his advocate. I want you to repeat that. I am his advocate. I am his ally. I am in league with him. I am his supporter. I am his defender. See, it's not hard for me to say it. And it's certainly not hard for me to live it. And let me tell you something. It's not that I don't expect any how to back, push back because, come on. But what I do know is God has fought this battle before, and as surely as Jesus is Lord, he'll fight it again. Okay, Prophet Ashley, your turn. Well, I don't even think I have too much to ask. <laughs> yeah, but since when? If you are listening on Blog Talk Radio, you can go ahead and press that one to get into the lineup for Dr. Price to take your prayer request. If you are watching on Periscope, and I'm going to shift over, I know our <laughs> administrators, our Perry administrators, <laughs> are going to post that number, 319-527-6218, and press 1 if you want Dr. Price to pray for you. I love it. So you have nothing else that you want to comment on? Um. Well, I mean, you just uh, unlocked a lot, especially that part about backing God and being his advocate and being for him and, and to, you know, take this thing past the love. <laughs> That's like a married couple who's stuck at the altar. Oh, yeah. It's just all about the vows. It's just all about the love. And it's not about defending, fighting together, unifying, becoming one. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of those things. Uh, uh, just, just about the love, the staying in the moment, the feeling. God help us. And when it comes time to actually living in reality, can't do it. Can't do it. Which is, I think, why a lot of them fail. Well, and again, you know, being a good spouse is also the same work. You know, it's the same process. Prophet Adia, your turn. Hello, hello. What a powerful show this morning. I've loved everything. I agree with some of the points that Prophet Ashley brought out. And I I think that uh, one of my takeaways today, you said that scriptures are our destiny and God's history. I love that because uh, it, it, it makes 
the investment ours to make into the word of God. And, and it, it allows uh, that, that truth that you spoke today kind of allows that to resonate back to us, gives us a responsibility. So I thought that was powerful today. And just overall, a powerful excerpt training. Um, I hope everyone was jotting notes and will join you again tonight for uh, just another continuation of what you have been opening up to us about scripturally organic Christianity. So I thought today was powerful. Thank you for this training. Amen, and thank you. Well, I'm going to say goodbye to Periscope. Remember tonight, 8 p.m., prophetic end. Spread this around. Make sure that you share this this program with everybody because I think some powerful things are in it. People are looking for strength in God. They're looking for the strings and strings of strength that they can grab a hold to. They're looking for the words to respond to the pushback and the shove down their throat and the bullying that they've been facing. They're also looking for retaliation or at least a comeback on the intimidation that's been trying to be put on us. And so I'm doing that, and you should pass this around to everybody. If you're a pastor, if you're a leader, if, if you are a prophet, a prophet, of course, in your neighbor's Bible study. It doesn't matter. But stop apologizing for being Christian and stop hiding from being a good one. And they, uh, they can tune in to you now on Sunday morning because uh, you are preaching again. Oh, uh, yeah. So we have our <laughs> organic Sunday. Yes. Uh, let me say, you can, oh, man, I'm used to saying it all the time. Wow. It, it'll be approximately about 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. You'll go live on Periscope. Yes. On Periscope? I think, yes, I was on Periscope. Mm-hmm. I was on Periscope last Sunday. And now it's, it's going to be a staple. Yes, it has to be. So you've got a lot. Don't forget to go to my website and see all of the fun things we have going on. And there are many. And I want to tell you, I want you to make a vow right now as we go to a prophet of and we close out this show. I feel led of God to say this. I want you to switch out your cowardly Christianity for courageous Christianity. I want you to give up being a cowardly Christian, and I want you to take on with full force being a courageous Christian. Because right now, as a stand, we're still the largest group on the planet. God bless you. Talk to you tonight. All right. As we are transitioning, I want to remind you, if you're just now joining us on the Blog Talk radio line, to press that number one if you'd like to speak to Dr. Price in this second hour. If you have thoughts about the show, if you have feedback, or if you would like prayer, press that number one so that we can go ahead and get to your call. We want to welcome you to the Paula Price Show. We're here every Thursday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Make us your Thursday broadcast by saving us to your favorites. The website address is blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. Again, blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. Save us to your favorites. You can also RSS feed to the website so that you get notifications when we're about to go live. If you're not friends with Dr. Price on Facebook, why not? Join her at facebook.com slash Dr. Paula Price. Make sure that you like her page so that you get instant updates on everything that Dr. Price is going to be doing, and you'll know when to catch her when she is traveling. Right now, if you visit her page right there on facebook.com, you'll see her flyer. She's going to be in Louisiana at the end of this month with Apostle Barbara Davis and Voice Crying in the Wilderness Ministry. So don't miss out on that. If you're in that area, check that out, facebook.com. You'll see the flyer there and all the info for how you can join them when she'll be there at the end of next week. Also coming up next month is our Women of Dominion weekend. It is April 
15th, uh, sorry, April 14th through the 15th. It will conclude on Saturday evening. Um, so, ladies, so that you'll know how to make your travel plans. You can register right now on drpaulaprice.com. So make sure you visit us there online, drpaulaprice.com. Click events. There's also an opportunity to register right there on the homepage with the scrolling banners. But we've also posted the registration link on the events page as well. So visit us online at drpaulaprice.com so you can register for Women of Dominion Weekend. The theme is going to be restoring your womanhood. You don't want to miss out on this. If you joined us earlier in the line, you heard Dr. Price speak about this ladies women of god women of power be here with us april 14th through the 15th you won't regret making this trip out all right we have group rates for that as well as well as student rates um, as well as rates for our near members so check that out online right now Last but certainly not least today, want to let you know that we are uh, we're now doing registrations. We've been doing registrations for the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. Those dates are the 21st through the 24th this June right here in Tulsa. Buy one, get one has been extended until March 25th. Take advantage of this. The rate is absolutely wonderful. It's uh, two, two uh, people together can go for $70 a piece. So grab a friend and say, you have got to come with me to the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. Uh, it is three powerful, three full days. It's really three and a half days of powerful days of prophetic immersion, prophetic treatment, uh, prophetic training and equipping. You need to be here, prophets. You've got to be here for this. If you've heard us talk about about the, uh, the Prophetic Training Institute, you've never come out. Make 2017 the year that you change that and start to really change your prophetic destiny. So be here with us June 21st through the 24th. And this year, we are having a special teen session at night. So teens, 13 to 18, be here with us. It's going to be a powerful time. If you're a parent on the line, you've got a junior prophet in your house. Bring them, bring them with us. We're going to have special classes just for teens this year at the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, so don't miss it. All right, all that information is online at drpaulaaprice.com. Big shout out to our Twitter family. We love you. Thank you for sharing Periscope with us and sharing Periscope with your followers. Keep sharing, share, share, share. Take this moment as we're transitioning to share today's broadcast and share all that uh, all that's going on with Paul Price Ministries with your friends. We thank you. So big love to you, our Twitter family, and as always, our Facebook Live family as well. We love you. We're giving big shout-outs to you guys as well. We'll be right back here next week at 11 a.m. We're about to go into the next segment, so don't go anywhere. Dr. Price is about to pray for you. Hit that number one if you want to talk to her in this second hour. Prophet Ashley, back to you. All right. Thank you, Prophet Adia. We're going to kick off today's announcement with a quick 60-second or so clip from last year's Women of Restoration, so you can get a sneak peek of what is in store this time from what happened the last time. But you don't realize, hear me, the whole purpose of gender definition and role definition, this is what boys do, and this is what girls do, this is what, why do you think homosexuality was so appealing? Because the boy that liked to cook had to get another label. Oh. The ones that didn't want to get beaten up on the football field had to relabel themselves. Yeah. How do you tie liking to cook, liking flowers, and not wanting to do football to sexuality? Come on, come on. Guarantee partiality and hypocrisy. 
your, your, the boys can have no curfew. Your daughter got to be in before Sunday. Like the devil cares about whether he kills a female or a man. Isn't this interesting? Uh-huh. Now what Have you ever wondered, why do I hear from God? Is what happens when I pray normal? Why do I think so differently? Is my relationship with God unusual? How do I explain my experiences with God? Does anyone else experience these things? I have so many talents, but how do I find my purpose? I know I'm called to ministry, but where do I begin? These daily questions lead to one solution. Introducing the Standardized Ministry Assessments Series. What was on God's mind when He made you? Find out how our assessments can help you uncover your greatest mystery, you. Our Standardized Ministry Assessments consist of 800 ministry-specific questions, 114 ministry-based categories, 50 ministry classifications, a comprehensive gift analysis, five-fold office identifiers, automatic response indicators, targeted benchmark scoring, automated result interpretations, custom readiness path options, call-specific recommendations, personal ministry advisement. Is this basically a personality test? No. Your results are custom-designed and not based on the traditional data used to determine your personality type or IQ. Instead, your results come from you, how you think, and what you believe, not predetermined categories into which you must loosely fit. Dr. Paula Price's nearly 25 years of research and experience see to that. How is this different from a spiritual gift test? Our assessments are not a test and assess more than just your spiritual gift, what you are good at and may be interested in doing for your church. We help you define your ministry calling, how ready you are to do it full-time, the type of training you need to do it well, and the best place for you to prosper whether in or out of the church. They don't just give you a number, they give you a life plan. We offer three levels of assessments. The Ministry Assessment Questionnaire, the Prophetic Aptitude Questionnaire, the Apostolic Diagnostic. So what's your ministry IQ? Discover yours today. www.drpaulaprice.com or call 877-649-PPMG. Are you a prophet or apostle? Is your desire to help God's ministers come into their true identity and calling? Would you like to make a supplemental income while still doing what you love most, serving God as His kingdom agent? Now PPM Global Resources offers an exciting employment opportunity for apostles and prophets. We want to employ you to do what God made you to do for Him. We work in the industry of ministry and want to bring the industry to your ministry. Imagine getting paid a regular income for doing what you already do. Think about doing more than prophesying or waiting for your next preaching opportunity to fulfill your calling. Now, PPM Global has created gainful employment positions for your mantle, just like pastors and teachers have enjoyed for ages. Sign up as an affiliate agent or independent sales consultant, and you'll be able to share PPM Global's unique ministry model with your associates and colleagues and share the revenue PPM Global gains from your initiative. 
or join PPM Global's team of advisors, coaches, and mentors and take part in shaping the next generation of five-fold ministers for Jesus Christ. Wherever you fit, you'll enjoy the benefits of collaborating with PPM Global, including a means of increasing your contacts and income without increasing your workload, the opportunity to be a gainfully employed, bona fide apostle or prophet, the privilege of shifting the church back to apostolic and prophetic leadership, and the honor of placing God's people in their right purpose and destiny. Apply today, get trained, change lives, and earn more. PPM Global Resources. Explore the possibilities. All right, Dr. Price, we are back for the second hour of the Paula Price Show. Are you ready to jump in with your callers? Are you there, Dr. Price? Here we go. I hear you. Here we go. Yeah, I was no. It, the phone was like not letting me hit hit a button. You know, it has those days. <laughs> so, I'm set. Are you set? I'm set. I'm set, and technology is set. Finally, <laughs> come on, let's talk. Let's talk to some callers. Okay, everybody, make sure you hit that one because I want to chat with you. Oh yes. First on the line is Samantha calling from Georgia. And she's calling Dr. Price with an update from a prophetic word you gave her last year. Sam, welcome back to the Paul Price Show. Thank you. Hi, Dr. Price. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I'm doing really, really good. I called to, um, first of all, I'll tell you I love you, but to also tell you thank you. You, um, you gave me a prophetic word exactly a year ago, and it came up in my Facebook feed this morning reminded me, um, you told me I had exactly one year, and I will say when you give someone a command, it definitely sits in the soul that you have to do it. And um, you gave me one year to get that business up and running because you pretty much fussed at me and told me I was behind schedule. I was supposed to then have done it. And so actually today makes the exact year that you and I discussed that, and I've gotten it up and running, and um, it is actually growing um, and maturing, and um, and I matured with it. And so I wanted to um, call you and um, really just thank the Lord and you for um, putting that, uh, that order on me or that mandate on me um, to do it and not just passively say this is something you need to do. You basically took the mother role and was like, you know, get your dirty clothes about the floor or else. So <laughs> I, I did what you said and um and now I'm just asking for a continued prayer as it um matures and and I'm learning excellence um and and, and uh doing things at set times. And so in July I'm having my first event, um, which I'll be turning forty in July. And um I'll be having my first event for it and uh I just really want to thank you because you didn't you didn't give me a passive command or um well it's kind of up to you. You basically just told me, you know, you you really don't have an option and it's in your very best interest that you listen to me at this very moment. And I remember hanging up the phone just crying because I thought, man, I just got a whipping and then on top of it I just I got to work and um, bumped my head a lot of times on the process, but I learned a lot 
and I learned that I had a lot of capabilities within myself that I didn't really need to do a lot of outsourcing for. So I busted my head, lost some money, but um, I learned from it, and uh, I just wanted to call in and say, hey, Dr. Price, I did it. <laughs> well, I'm going to say congratulations, and like a mama, I'm going to say I am proud of you in the Lord, and he is too. God knows. Samantha, how difficult that was for you. I mean, you had to fight a lot of ghosts, a lot of history, a lot of pains and memories to do that. And the Holy Spirit knows it, and God says, hey, keep going, girl. That's your father. Keep Mm -hmm. going. Keep pressing on. Secondly, I will tell you, if you did not lose any money in trying to start a business, you really weren't starting a business or you really weren't investing in it. Um, I can't even begin to count the, the, the start stops and the cost of the start stops that we've had to get to the point that I could say to you, you have a year. And the, and I didn't know you were going to be 40. I really did not know your age. Obviously, I couldn't know. Uh, well, yeah, I could. Let me not say that. But in any event, I can say to you that God needed you to be in your new place. That That business, you're starting it, you're 40, that's a compass place for you. You know, that's a real mm-hmm. compass place. So he needed you to be positioned in a way that he can, he can put you in purpose and he can pursue your purpose. God wants to rely not just on your business. So many times, Samantha, people want to start a business and they say, because I want to bless the people of God or I want to bless my church. But God wants to rely on the guts that it takes to start a business, on their fortitude, the persistence, the determination and the perseverance that it takes to make a go of something because those seemingly intangible attributes or benefits that you bring him, that he can use and rely on for the real reason he told you to do something or to step out of your comfort zone. So you're going to look into the next six months or so where God's going to draw on that frame of reference in your mind as he pushes you into the next dimension of this. Not an abandonment of this. Please do not hear that. He will not, yes, you will not abandon this, but God wants to now begin to uh, diversify you. You are meant to be in a very diversified posture in your gifts and your talents as you grow older. If you follow the Lord's plan and stay under quality mentorship, which I am sure you will, by the time you're 60, you should have a very healthy, diversified portfolio of entrepreneurship that you have taken on. You are called to do that if you'll do it. Now, a couple of things I would like to encourage you to do, and that is, yeah, you don't have tears. Honey, let me tell you, building is tears. You know, there are times that the tears come from you hammering your finger in the spirit, knocking your head, dropping something on your foot in the spirit, so to speak, bumping into something that you didn't imagine. But all of that builds fortitude and courage and confidence. Confidence is not something you go to the supermarket and pick up. Confidence is something you gain win by win, conquest by conquest, bounce back by bounce back, comeback by comeback, rebuild. That's how you build confidence because confidence becomes a library in your memory of effort. Now, I'm going to say that again because that's a tall statement. Your confidence is built and it becomes a library of the memories 
of what you did before in similar circumstances, how you handled this, why this works. Your confidence is not a magic pill. Your confidence is something that grows almost as a byproduct of not quitting. Okay. And so if God takes you into your next layer, next level, because your 40s are going to be good. I know that you can't even imagine it right now, but your 40s are going to be really good. You're going to be singing through your 40s. Your 40s are going to be very good. Now, I didn't say they were going to be slick and easy and all of them. I said they're going to be good. So but yes. your confidence, your confidence will come. Confidence is a library. It's a library, a reference library of all that you've achieved, all that you learned to do, all that you mastered, all that you learned from, all that you learned what to, how to avoid. That is where confidence comes from. All of that stuff that we teach you about confidence, it, a confidence, confidence is nothing but your history recorded in your memory. Mm-hmm. Your successes recorded in your memory. Wow, that worked. When I did that the last time, that was really great. Ooh, that's great. Okay? But, see, most things don't have confidence because they don't do anything. Right. See, they quit before they get started. They stop at the first obstacle. You know, they, you know, yeah. abandon the project before they even work it out. So all of the things that go into making you confident, they don't have. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one time I said to my class years ago, and I'm sure Prophet Ashley can bear witness to this, but I always tell my people, competence comes from confidence, and confidence comes from competence. And if you're not competent, you won't be confident. Now, you could be cocky, you know, because a lot of people think cockiness is, is confidence. It's not. You'll be cocky, but you won't be competent, which means you can't make it happen on and on and on and on again. And so, you know, I, I want you to think differently, Samantha, as you go forward. I talked yes, to you ma'am. today as a daughter. I want you to think differently. Okay. And I want you to think bigger. And the number one thing I want you to do is to step out of your puddle of fear. You, yeah. when, when you're, boy, I'm telling you, and you have your fear factors are based on as many external things as they are internal. And I will tell you, and you know I've said this, uh, and I've, I've sent this word to you, you are one, your yeah. destiny and your biography are tight. You have got to be around the right voices. You've got to be around the right spirits. You've got to be around the right people. You cannot try yeah. to be confident or, or successful hanging around people who can't spell success. So you're always, oh, you can't go and get some, some, some counsel from somebody who has never conquered anything. Counselors are counselors because they conquered. So you are, you are literally trying to please the unconquerable and the, the people who won't even attempt, and you're trying to please them with your achievements and your successes, and they don't see it. Mm-hmm. I don't know yep. why you're doing that, girl. Please, I know so and so did so. I remember when you cannot be around negative people. That doesn't work for your spirit. Mm-mm. You don't. Okay. And, and and yet you are you you are stuck where most most of us have been. And what I dare say, if I can say it, I dare say most women are. You always think you can help the people who won't try. Yep. You always <laughs> want to rescue rescue them from their consequences. Always. 
You just want to do it. Mm-hmm. The reason I did so fail so much as a pastor in my first year is because I wanted to rescue all of the people who wouldn't try, and I wanted to, to literally rescue them from the consequences that they actually created. And then I got angry when I rescued them, and they did the same thing with my resources that they did with their own. Yes. And so I'm angry now. I'm mad. I'm, you know, but I think I should have been a better steward over my abilities and my, my, my resources. I should have been a better steward back then, but I didn't know to be. I, I, I learned now. So now I don't do it. If you don't show me that you, got, you have something going on, I'm not putting, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not putting a thing in it because putting your money in a black hole is only going to throw it in the mud. You cannot do yeah. that, and I'm, I don't I am talking to you like this today. I have, I'm going to say I'm doing it by the Holy Ghost because he's giving me this unction. There are obviously some things you prayed, some things you asked God about, but I'm telling you, you have got to stop rescuing people who will not put their effort in. People who won't take risks don't deserve rescue. Yes, ma'am. And so you're trying to help somebody, and then you want to partner with you in your business, and you want them to help you because you feel like, hey, God gave it to you, so he must want you to go and help others. Something, there are a lot of people on the planet God doesn't help. I mean, literally, you know, for all of the things he does and all of the people he blessed, there are a lot of people on the planet that do not get divine intervention. Did you ever think of that? Yeah, recently I did. And so if they get human intervention, God's happy. That's fine. If you want, if your friends want to help you, your mama want to help you, but don't say that God did it. Now, I'm not saying that he doesn't care because God promised us certain things. And when you get that um, uh, opening your prayer portal webinar, you're going to hear the rest of what I'm trying to say to you. But right now, okay. I want to tell you personally, first build your own house. Build your own strength. Build your own business before you start stepping in and taking on other people's issues. You need to let that go. It's draining you dry. Yes, ma'am. Do build your own. A lot of times we want to build. We want to help our neighborhoods while we're still living in our neighborhoods because we don't want people to think that think that we're bougie because we're leaving to get better and leaving for a better place. You know, when they when they call me that, I laugh. I'm like, oh, please, guys, please. I'm telling you, uh-uh. I'm the one woman you cannot tell that to because I could care less. You have got to get to a place that you build what you need for yourself and for your family and then try to help others. you try to help others. Yeah. You're trying to help others. So are we clear? Yeah, we clear. We real clear. I mean, I'm serious, Samantha. Yeah, I'm serious. We're real clear. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, well, I'm mm-hmm. glad you you and the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I know exactly Holy what Ghost. you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's telling me to tell you, God has an inheritance for you, and he has a reward for your faith and a harvest on your sacrifice and your seed. And there are times that God wants you to go and give it all away, but then there are times that he wants you to keep it. There are times that God wants you to break it off and share it with the world, and there are other times that he wants you to plant it and to deposit it. There are times that God wants you to just open up your, your heart to, the, to everybody's issues, and there are times that he wants you to take care of home. And you are mm-hmm. in a season where God wants you to take care of home and to take care of you. Your children deserve a future and a hope, too. 
So, am I excited about you? Yes, I am. But you know what I'm glad about? That I get an opportunity to get you geared up and to tune you in the right way for your next success. Because you have a great future, but you also have a heart that wants to repay the world for your suffering. I know what it feels Mm -hmm. like. Yeah, I was there. Well, I understand. I did that. And I'm going to tell you something, sweetheart. That does not help you because in the end, you're going to, first of all, you're going to cause your blessings to dissipate into folks that don't need it, but then you're going to be angry with God. Nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so build your house. I'm telling you, and obviously there's a windfall coming for you, and the Lord is speaking this because you have a windfall coming, and when it comes, he wants you to use it for, for things that he tells you to use it for and not just to get caught up in good deeds just because you want to feel better about having succeeded and gotten out of your mess and you want to help somebody else for, for who, who deserves to have to go through what you went through. You know, some people need to go through our steps and our journey. Yeah. So I don't yeah, they do. I'm not really talking to you like this. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to oh, I know why. <laughs> okay. Because I'm it's telling confirmation. you. Yeah, but you have to. You know, and I will say this while um, everyone's listening. You know, I like this show because I can let God do what he wants to do, and I can also know from what you told me in the past that several of you enjoy or benefit from the counsel I give others. So I want to tell you in this situation, when I first started my church, there was a woman in my church who was alone, and she had two boys. Nice woman, sweet. And she worked at the uh, she worked at one of the social service agencies for minimum wage. This is going back about I don't know thirty years. And so I had come off my job. I you know good home, good husband, and whatnot, whatever. And I really felt so bad that she had to suffer. You know she had these two boys. She was alone. I spent the better part of ten years trying to make this woman's life better. I really did. I you know whatever she needed, I was gonna plug that gap and plug that gap. And I was, oh, my goodness, I, I just, you know, whatever, shopping, trips, furniture, clothes, you name it, I did it. I wanted to make her life better because I was so grateful for how God blessed me. This woman never, ever appreciated it. And so when we got to about the eighth year, she started treating me very, very mean. She mean I mean, I didn't even know why. And so she started treating me very mean. And so one day we were out, uh, no, and so it was coming up on Christmas, and so she had treated me kind of nasty, let's say from August to October, and then all of a sudden, you know, we had the, I don't know what I'm going to do for Christmas, or I don't know what my sons are going to do for Christmas on and on and Now she did, you know, she worked with me, and, and, and that was another thing. I was so grateful that she worked with me. I just, you know, whatever I could do to make her life easy, I wanted to do it. I want you to know, uh, we got in probably about the 10th year, and we were sitting in the rest. No, no, before I got there. So I was ready to get help her with Christmas again because I'd always done it. And the Holy Ghost said, don't. I said, but, Lord, she won't have anybody. He said, she's got me. I said, but, God, I'm just, you know, because I'm trying to do this for this woman. He said, she's got me. He said, now I'm going to tell you, you're doing all of that, and you're sacrificing, and you're doing it from the goodness of your heart. He said, but she hates you for it. She hates having to take it. She hates having to ask for it. And she hates you being the one to do it. 
Well, I was flabbergasted, and I was, in my heart, I was trying to make this life, this woman's life easier. He says she hates it. He says she's never had, she spends all her life wanting, and because she spends all of her life wanting, she doesn't just want what you have. She wants the ability, the, the, the uh, capacity to make it happen. And I said, okay, so I didn't. And I'm telling you, she, you know, she had a meager Christmas, and I couldn't do anything about it, and I was devastated, hurt. I got maybe February, March. We're sitting in a restaurant, and you know, and in a diner, and we're just talking after work. And all of a sudden, I had just gone taking some major blows in ministry, and I was sharing with what I thought, who I thought was a friend, and she said, "Huh." So bad things finally happened to the little princess, huh? Yeah, the little princess for whom everything works out for. Everything fits for you. Everything works for you. And so this is your only problem. And I mean, she went, a whole other person showed up. I can tell you I was devastated because I never knew that she had that kind of contempt for me because of my life. I thought that my good fortune was going to be a blessing for her. I thought that, hey, I understood. I'm a woman. You're a woman. You're here with these kids. I had been left alone with with my babies, and I thought, wow, somebody stepped up for me. I, what? I didn't. And I'm going to tell you something. Not that not everybody wants you to be the one to help them. Right. Got it. Because people have an opinion of their helpers. There are sometimes that God has to use anonymous helpers because familiar helpers will not be appreciated, and they won't say it's God. And oftentimes when it's your close friends, your schoolmate, your parents, your family, they, they, they feel like you know too much about them, them to help them with the right spirit. And so you're trying to help them, and they're angry because they feel like you shouldn't have to, and they shouldn't have to get it from you, and they shouldn't have to take it from you. Now, I don't know who I gave this story to for, but I just want to tell you after that, I learned a lot. And I did it two more times before I, I, I learned, because some of us, you know, I'm going to be the good mm-mm. So I did it two more times before I learned. Uh, but I'm, I would love to spare you and those of you who are out there, because pastors are notorious for doing it, and female pastors are the worst. They're always going to be the mother instead of the matriarch. And they're always going to pet people in their stuff. Let me just take care of you. So whoever you are that's listening, I want you to stop and make your people stand up on their own two feet. Pray with them. If God tells you to do, you I mean, you, you got ministry knowing this voice. If God tells you to do, fine. But most of these people, they have to be like that little chick. They've got to bring themselves out that egg. They've got to bring themselves out of that cocoon. You can't help them because they're going to resent you for it. And they're going to turn around and, you know, and rend you. And that woman rended me. And I never, ever saw her the same way again. I, you know, I was a pastor. I'm going to love you, smooches. But I was done. And I thought about that. And even in her venom, she also cut off her children's blessing because I touched nothing after that. Now, forgiving, oh, yeah, but just because, you forgive, just because you forgive doesn't mean that you don't know how to not repeat another painful situation. You know, I might forgive you for burning me by accident, but I'm not going to stand with you in the fire again. So I, for you, I don't know why, Samantha, but I had to share that with you today. You are the caller that got that wisdom. I pray that it makes sense to you, and I pray that it speaks yes, into a life. Volumes. It speaks volumes. I know exactly what God's talking about. 
And it, it just it just speaks volumes. It's the best wisdom I needed at this moment, at this time. So I, I thank you. I'm trying not to cry, but it's um it's needful wisdom. I needed it. I needed well, it. Well, I'm glad I got your birthday present from the Holy Ghost, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's coming up July 11th. July 11th. I think I just told them. Prophet Ashley, then she said, "Huh? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm forty. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> God? <laughs> but you know what? God 40, forty years ago and forty today, two different kinds of forty. You know, I'm in my yeah. and I probably saw all the people I saw in sixty, um, uh, all those years ago didn't look like me, didn't act like me, didn't feel like me. So I feel like you know, God is God's grace is with us. I'm gonna pray because I know other callers want to get through, but I think some of the callers." are blessed by what I just said to you, and I hope you are blessed by it. And I especially hope that if you're a woman pastor and a woman leader, I'm telling you, that's another reason why I like doing these women's meetings because I want to talk to you about things like that. You need to know how to succeed as a woman in position, a woman in power, a woman in authority, and a woman over people. You have to know how to win. So, again, don't forget to join me. Samantha, I'm going to pray. Father God, I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you, Holy Father, for your goodness, your mercy, and your wisdom. God, I thank you that you have made me one of your lady wisdoms in this hour. And I bless you that I have the grace to speak to your people and to counsel them with your insight, with your prudence, and your judgment. I give you praise for that. Now, Lord, I bless Samantha. First of all, God, I bless you for bringing her into our life and for having her cross paths with us. I bless her as a client. I bless her as a student. I bless her as a daughter. I bless her as an entrepreneur. I bless her as a mother. I bless her as a fighter. I bless her as a warrior. I bless her as a perseverer. I bless her as a conqueror. In Jesus' name. And I'm asking you to continue to make your word known for her. God, strengthen her, guide her, lead her by your spirit, and establish her where you will in your way and in your righteousness, according to the words of my prayer, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Dr. Paul. Thank you, baby. God bless. We'll talk soon. Okay, we will. Love you. See you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Prophet Ashley. All right, that was that was good to me. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Okay. Are you ready for your next caller? I am. Okay, we have Nicole from Texas on the line, and Nicole is calling for general prayer. Nicole, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Thank you. Hi, Dr. Price. It is always a, a blessing to be able to speak to you. How are you doing, Nicole? It's been a while. Yes, it has. Um, I'm one of those people who I appreciate uh, the counsel you gave to the first caller. As she was speaking, <laughs> she had mentioned about how uh, earlier counsel you gave her, and she felt like she got a whooping. I was thinking the same thing about your teaching on Tuesday. I was like, oh, you were passing out whoopings and spankings and timeouts and I received mine Tuesday, as you were talking about, you know, Christians being crybabies and how we need to get over it and man up and woman up. So I guess that's where I am today because I really don't consider myself a crybaby. And I think in this season that I have 
felt kind of paralyzed because of some of the hurt that I was dealing with. So, um, but I'm okay. I, I try not to let it bother me. I just try to keep going. So I guess basically that's what I was seeking prayer in. Well, I tell you what, uh, Nicole, the first thing I would like everyone listening to me to hear is that blows hurt. And they're meant to hurt. God said, blows that hurt clear away all the depths of sin. It cleanses the soul. Blows hurt. And hurt often means bruises. And sometimes they leave scars. I am not one of those people to just say, suck it up, tough up, and, and as if it doesn't hurt. No. My strategy my approach is to teach you how to rise above the pain so that you don't become paralyzed by it, but you become propelled. And so it's using that pain to become stronger, not to drop out and, you know, and, and not to fall into a, a, this kind of lethargy where you feel like, what's the point? If God does not allow blows in your life to stop you. He never means to stop you. Even if he means to stop you from doing something, he doesn't mean to stop you, to immobilize you. If he wants to, I mean, I don't care what he does, he's not looking to immobilize your existence. He's looking to make you reevaluate where you are, how you got here, and how to go on in him. Because most people, when they get a blow, they're done with God. If they get a, oh, my goodness, I'm done. I don't, mm-mm. Now, the world has been tearing them up for, since they've been on the planet, but God can't give you one. So understand this. I do not mock or scorn or sneer at people's suffering. I don't do that with their blows. I don't do that with their hurts. I don't do that. What I do say is you can stay there or we can go on. And that's what my word to you today is. Let's go on. Where do you want to go from here? You know, when I counsel my people, that's great. Okay, so you've been out on the side of the road. You've been in, you know, you've been inside. You've been shut in for long enough. But where do you want to go from here? Because ultimately, Nicole, you've got to get back into the business of life. You've got to do it. And you have to do it using the blow, using the pain, using the memory, using the experience, not just for yourself. But with others, you know, sometimes God's blows are kind of like a poison. You need to take that poison so that you become immune to it in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hear him saying to you. Stop fighting the poison. The blow was real. What you went through was real. You don't have to, you know, faith word it out. You don't have to faith fake it, faith or faith face it. You don't have to do that. You can honestly say, you know what, this was hard. I, I shared earlier on the program about my, my, why, how I ended up in Tulsa and how God wanted to make sure I didn't want to stay in Jersey. He made that work like that. So we have to go through the motivations of the blow. So let me just tell you what my counsel to you is today. I don't know if you've done it, but I would love to see you, after the program, go and sign up for a life advisement. You need life advisement, not because you are good with life or anything like that, but because you really would like to be out of life, and we need to get you back in it. So I would love for you to do that. I would love for you to sign up for no less than a three-month program. 
You it won't take you a whole lot because you're basically a tough lady. You've been tough all your days, and you've been kind of hiding from that and try to hiding that toughness. But God says you need help, and it's okay to say I'm ready to come back. I know I should come back. There are days that I am convinced this is the day I'm going to come back, and I don't. And you don't because you need help. Sometimes when you fall, you need somebody to help you get up. You know, sometimes you can fall in such a manner that you just need somebody to pull, reach forth their hand and help you stand again. And sometimes when you stand, you need somebody to hold you until you can get your bearings. You are there. You are not as deeply in trouble as you think you are, but you do need help. Do I still have you? Yes, ma'am. So I want you to do that. I want you to get a lot, no less than three months because you need it. You need somebody to help you dig out the mess. There's sometimes you might need somebody to just help you get back in alignment. There might be sometimes you need somebody to just help you get your joints moving again. You know, because when you look at Hebrews, God uses the example where your, you know, your joints are out and correction realigns your joints and gets them moving again. So I want you to do that, and I want you, when you start your life advisement sessions, Nicole, I want you to start with your advisor, and they do this sometimes, literally understanding your journal. Bring your journals. We, You need to. There are people that will say, oh, my gosh, I let you rehearse this everywhere. But then there are people who need to tell their story. You need somebody to listen <laughs> because you've heard. You, people have cut you off. You have beat yourself up for feeling it. You are so disturbed that you can't get over it. You keep trying to hide it. You want to be a good Christian and pretend it wasn't all that bad and it really didn't hurt that much, but it did. You went through, baby, and it's real. Yeah. Yeah, Fair enough? It yes, ma'am. It, it hurt a lot, and you can't stop it. And your dreams are sh- telling you how much it hurts because then you keep dreaming weird things. And that's your yeah. body, your psychological self, trying to deal with the pain that you won't confront. That's why I love what we do because we're not just counselors and advisors just because, you know, we are prophetic people. We are advisor prophets, and you need a prophet to go in there with that laser, that, that laser precision, just like I just did, and to cut that thing out and to cauterize that wound in your soul because you can't be, you know you, because you should be able to. You yell at yourself all the time, but you can't. You need help. So that is my advice to you today. I want you to sign up for a three-month life advisement. I don't want you to have prophetic advisement. You'll get, you'll get a profit advisor, and what the first one might screen you, and we might need to move you to our advisor who is more of a counselor, you know, and a trained counselor. We might do that. But right now, the first thing you need to do is say it's okay to need help. It's, even though I'm a Christian, it's okay. Even though I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and I love Jesus Christ more than anything, it's okay. I need help right now. Even though I know the Bible, I can read it, I can pray, I can preach to myself, bind and cast, and all of those mechanics, you've got the mechanics down pat. But right now, you need ministry, and you need somebody to help one-on-one. And that is what your Heavenly Father wants to do. And, And with all that we can do for others, 
there are times that we need to have someone else do it for us. <clears throat> yeah. So that's what my advice to you is today. And when it's over, I, I mean it. I want you to take no less than three months because you're going to need that 90-day window because it's going to take you a whole month just to let God tell you that it was real. <laughs> then it's going to take the second month for you to stop bashing yourself because you hurt, because you felt it, and it, it affected you so badly. And by the time we get to the third month, we'll probably get you on the mend. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, I, I say this with the deepest love and affection, and uh, there are times and there are some sheep that we just need to say get up and get over it, but there are some sheep that say, I've been trying to get up and trying to get up and trying to get up for a long time. You're like that guy at the well, you know, on the I'm sorry, Solomon's porch. He's a, I'm trying to get in. I'm trying. I, I tell you, I'm trying, and you just need Jesus to come to you. Yes. Amen. Father God, I thank you for Nicole. I thank you, God, for her fight, her endurance, and her determination. And now I'm asking that you, Father, touch her life and that you begin the mending. And she is one that thinks so clearly and so thoroughly, God, that she needs the rationale to enter into her understanding for the mending to start. So, God, I bless you for that. And, Lord, for all of those who are listening like her, like her, they know, they want to get up. I want to, God, I want to get back in this thing so much. I love you, Jesus. I love my Savior. Some of you, you sit at home, and, and the Father is just so grieved that you sit at home and you listen to your tapes and or your music and you listen to your favorite songs and you vow every night and you're going to do it and wake up in the morning and can't do it again, and I'm going to try, God. And I, I go to my pastor. They don't get it. They keep telling me to get over it. I share it with my friends. I can't bring it up in the prayer group because they keep telling me it's a devil. God, where do I go? I don't I ask that you would take all the life and begin to realize you're a wounded soldier. You're a wounded warrior. You're a wounded general. You're a wounded leader. You're a wounded intercessor. And because you've carried so many wounds, you yourself don't want to help you. And I want to say to you, I said to her, have the courage to go and get healed. If it was a physical blow, you would have been in treatment by now. You would have been in therapy. But because it's a spiritual blow, because it's a soul blow, you feel like you must fix yourself up. And you're trying to put your own little fig leaves on there. You're trying to make your own little medical poultices and all of those things when you really need somebody to help you get back in the fight. I do not believe, I don't believe that the majority of people sitting on the sidelines want to be there. I believe they just don't know how to get back in it. And I believe they need help. And if you're one of those people, take her counsel. You might need a life advisement. You might need somebody to just coach you for three months, coach you for six months to get you through it. And everyone who is a giant, everyone who is a leader, everyone who has been touching people, you need this. And when I needed it, I got it. And you need it, you need to get it so you can get back in the fight whole and healthy, not just on perseverance, but to get back in the fight on wholeness and soundness. So, God, I bless Nicole, and I bless all of those like her, and I'm asking that you would give them the grace and the, and the strength to step out one more time. Some saints, Lord, they just say, I will believe you, Jesus, one more time, 
but I can't take another blow from the church, another blow from the preacher, another blow from this or that. I need to know that I can get healed in you and that my healing will be sealed. And so I thank you for doing it. Lord, I bless Nicole right now, and I begin the work that you will finish in her, and I commend her to the Holy Spirit, and I commend her to his leadership and his guidance that she can come back online in you in a better and greater way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. God bless you, my love. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Okay. Prophet Ashley. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Are you okay, brother? I'm all right. I'm here. I'm I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's safe. Going through. <laughs> you know, Ashley, it's just so sad that we have been taught to be so self-sufficient that we're almost too independent for God because that's our training, that's our sermons. But some of these things, God, as I was praying for her, the Holy Spirit just said, but my people want to get back in the game. They want to get back in the fight. They want to stand. They want to believe one more time. They want to serve. They want to answer their call. They just don't want to be exploited and abused and misused again, and I agree with them. And so I'm just grateful to God that he's given us a day like today where he can touch his people and touch their wounds and Cure their souls. That's what I'm looking forward to. How are we doing? I, I suppose we're running out of time, aren't we? That is correct. <laughs> well, I'm thankful for the show. You know, we're coming up again. I keep talking about it on our fourth year, I'm thinking it's for, in April, and I'm looking forward to it. I've asked you all to let me know, write a, put it on my website and say this is how the Paula Price Show has blessed me, helped me, etc. We want to use that all month long in the month of April. But until then, hey, guys, reach out for help. You don't have to go it alone. I may have gone through all that I've gone through, but when I listen to you all and I get on this show and I talk with you and share, you know what I feel? I feel like, thank you, God, it was worth it all. And I want to share that with you. I want to be a part of your soul cures, your healing your emotional career, the restoration of your life. And, you know, David said that he said he restores my soul. So I always use that word because David said he restores my soul. He's a ruler. He's a warrior. He's a monarch. He's a priest. He's a son. He's a prophet. He's a builder. He's a statesman. And still, he needed his soul restored. And some of you all out there, you just need God to restore your soul. And you, not everybody can do it on their own. So anyway, stay with us. Uh, come back tonight, 8 p.m., Prophetic Ed. And if this made any impact on you, make sure you go to the website and say, I want to sign up for an advisement. I want to sign up for life advisement. I want my soul restored. I want my life restored. I want my life back in Jesus Christ. You just don't want a life back. You want your life back in Christ. And if that's you, make sure you go back. And until tonight, know that I love you dearly. We are family, and I really do this because I want you whole. God bless you. See you later. Hi, this is Dr. Paula Price thanking you for joining me on this week's show. I want to remind you that the counsel and wisdom, the prayer and prophecy that you enjoy today does not have to end with today's program. You can go to blogtalkradio.com backslash Paula Price Show 
and join tens of thousands of people who re-listen to my program every week. Again, blogtalkradio.com backslash show, and you can relive the experience every single day. God bless you.